Hey, good morning. How is everyone today? Awesome. Are we awake? Praise be to God. It is such an honor to be able to speak of God's goodness and gather here together and lift up the name that is higher than any other name and to glorify him here this morning. Uh, my name is Justin Benedict. My family and I are missionaries in Costa Rica and we serve through all of Central America. For those of you who have not uh, had the opportunity to meet us yet, we have been here for a couple of months and spoke a couple of times, but it is always a pleasure to be able to worship God with you all as we all come here to gather together in this place that God has called you to be here today. And uh, this morning, what I want to say is God is calling many of you. He is calling many of us out in our lives in so many ways. And the exciting part is when we let the God of the universe be in control, it makes a great impact in us. And in return, a great, great impact through us because it's only by him. So today, I would like to speak about being called out and the effect of God working in our lives. As, as we look at this, in his word, we can't ignore the fact that we can, like the Bible says, apart from him, Jesus says, we can do nothing. You know, we can, we can do things like have a job and do all these things, but the only reason that we can be in those places is because God's allowed us to. And we get comfortable where we are but when we're willing to say, God, I want you to be the one that leads, not me, that's when things get exciting. Anybody here feel like sometimes life is just every day? Kind of boring at times. We can go through the same things. Cashmere doesn't change a lot. Wenatchee doesn't change a lot. We can be gone as missionaries for many years and come back and surprise, cashmere's cashmere, right? Not a lot of change. But do you know what's exciting about that? If you're somebody who likes that and that's why you live here, is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we put our trust in him, everything that he says in his word, and then we see him do and has done in the past, he is doing now. He's a powerful God, and he exists, and he is real. Now, some of you may have been coming here for a while, and you're kind of checking things out, trying to get to know who God truly is. I want you to know that the more that I get to know him, the more I fall deeper in love with my God. Because he's the true living God. And it's only because of what he has done in our lives that we are willing to follow him. Because we're not worthy of it. So today, if you're feeling unworthy, you're feeling like, my life is very everyday and boring, I, I, but I like it that way, or maybe I don't like it that way and I want change. I want you to know that all we have to do is have a willing heart, a willing heart for God to show us what he is establishing because God has a plan in every person's life. He doesn't create people and forget who certain people are. He knows who each of us are individually, and he knows our needs, our desires, 
And he loved us enough to give his life for us. That is an incredible God. So what I would like to start out with, I've shared, we've shared this many times, how God called us from living in the United States to travel and go and become missionaries. But I have to say, I would like to share this story for the fact that I get to talk of God's goodness because we would not be able to do any of this. We would not be able to follow him and do what he has asked us to do unless our confidence was in him alone. We would fail. And we still do fail at times in our lives. We're, we're only human. But when we follow him, our strength comes through him alone. He is our joy when we're in suffering and difficulty. He is our strength when we are weak. And those aren't just words of mine. Those are promises from his word because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen? So it was now uh, close to 11 years ago that we were living in the United States. We had five children at that time. And yes, that may sound like quite a few to you already, but we have nine now. And we give God all the glory for that. It's not like we're into some weird belief. God has just blessed us with these, these children. And we know now that he's got nine. I, I think nine is a good amount, don't you? My wife says so. <laughs> we are so honored by being able to be the parents of every one of them. They are all a gift from God, and God has a plan for each of their lives, and we see that. But we were living life and happy, satisfied, just living life and following God. But God began to stir something in us going, are you willing to trust me even more? And to put more confidence in me. And you know what I began to do? I began to open the word of God more than ever before in my entire life. Guess what that does? That impacts you in a powerful way. Why? Because this is not just a book. This is a book that is full of God's word. This is the words of God. The only book in the world, religious book that claims to be the words of God. Read it if you haven't started. Because what I'm telling you is, it is a book that when you read it and you allow God to speak to you through it, it will impact your life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that these words will not return void. So when they go into your life, they will begin to change who you are, what your desires are, and impact your family, and everyone around you. That is what God began to do. As God began to stir things in my heart, he began to ask me, in life, why is it so important that you focus on just paying your house off? And I was like, well, I mean, that's an important thing. I don't want to have this debt. And that's true, right? It's a good thing to pay that off. But what God was doing is he was showing me that that was what I had as one of my things that I was so focused on in my life was that I had to work to pay this off so that then I could also have a good retirement and have everything in order with insurance and all these things. And I would use this as an excuse to why I couldn't just go wherever God wanted me to go. Now, in the United States, and I've said this before, we kind of consider this the American dream, right? To have 
the house with the white picket fence, have the family, you got a job, good job, retirement, and you get your house paid off and life is good, right? Now for many, that is the focus and that is a goal that can be good, but if God is not in the center of it, it becomes the American nightmare. Because we always have to get the bigger house. We, we fight to have the retirement, and all of a sudden insurance is gone. Something happens. We lose our job. And all this weight is upon us. But what God is really desiring is all of us to recognize that those things can be good, but only when he's number one. When he is first. So as God was asking if we're willing to give up the house, he was really saying, are you willing to trust me? Okay? But as I continued to hold on to that, he said, are you willing to sell your house? So I went to my wife and I said, I feel like God wants us to sell the house. Now, uh, I had been doing music in a Christian rock band for many years, and I also had a good job. And I was focused on, on these things, but I was like, you know, I can't go and do anything bigger than this because i got to pay this house off. So when I asked my wife that, I was really ready because I felt that's what God was telling me. But my wife said, why? Where are we going? She's like, I don't feel like we're supposed to sell our house at all. And I'm like, well, this is something God's been doing to my heart, so it's okay. God will put it on your heart, too, when it's the right time. Let's pray. So for one year, we prayed and sought God for, are we supposed to do this? And guess what? After a year, my wife came to me and said, yeah, I agree. God wants us to sell the house. So I'm like, okay, well, let's prepare to do that. So as we're preparing to sell the house, I'm spending time with the Lord, and I was realizing how much he was doing in my life over that year. Why? Because I was in the word of God daily. If you're not in the Word of God daily, I challenge you, meet with Jesus every day. He says he will never leave us or forsake us. That's in the Word of God. So that means he is with us always, even till the end, he says. Spend time with him. Don't get too busy and go, I have too many other things going, but I'll get in it. It's not just a routine. This, this is life. It is life. Nobody likes to go without food. This is our spiritual food. Don't starve yourself. I've done it. You get weak. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church or focused you are. We need this, even as missionaries, pastors, and people in ministry. You let this go. It affects all. So I'm spending my time daily in the Word, and God begins to speak to me again. Are you willing to give up everything you own? Everything, everything. I even had visions of guitars that I had. God was showing me, and then I'd go, are you wanting me to sell my 17 guitars, God? That's what God was doing. So I was like, okay, God, because of what you've been doing, I don't know why, but I feel this so strongly. God, please confirm this. I'm not going to ask my wife to sell everything that she has. Because we had many things. We had been married 13 years at that time. And with all the children, they all have their toys. I'm like, God, you tell her. And when she comes to me and says, I feel like 
God wants us to sell everything, that will be my confirmation. I will know without a doubt that this is you, God. I thought this will be the ultimate confirmation, right? Guess what? A couple weeks go by, and she comes to me. She's like, is God speaking to you? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, what's he saying? I said, well, is God speaking to you? Yeah. I'm like, well, you go first. You tell me what he's telling you. She's like, well, I don't know why, but I feel like we're supposed to sell everything we own. And I was just like, no way. God, you really do want us to do this. And I said, well, are you, do you feel like you're willing? Do you know what? That morning as we were spending time in the Word, both of us in different books of the gospel read where Jesus sent his disciples out and said, go, I send you out. Take nothing with you. And I was like excited, like, yeah, God, another confirmation, but you still got to speak to her. She was praying and feeling this and read that same scripture that same day, but in a different book of the Bible. And that was her confirmation, too, to come talk to me. Isn't that incredible? That's the Lord. If you are married in this and you're here today, I want you to know that if God is calling one of you, he's calling you both. Okay? But it's a matter of patience. If one of you knows that God is doing something in your life, pray for your spouse. God will work. He is the God of the impossible. He hardens and softens hearts according to his purpose and his will for his timing. Remember, this has been now over a year with the first part of selling the house, and God continued to work in us. We were saying, we are willing, God, because of what you are doing, not because we're these people of faith. I could be sitting out there with you right now, and I would be going, there's no way I could just give up everything. I've been there. But with God, you can do it. No difference for you. No difference. The only difference is God wants a willing heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with a little tiny bit of your heart. Oh, wait. A couple of you shook your head. Oh, no, sorry. It's not a little bit of your heart. It's half of your heart, right? No, that's not it either. Oh, yeah. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. Anybody want to be have God guide you? I want to be led by him. I don't know what the next turn is in, in this life. We all want that, but we want to trust God with, God, here's this little part of my heart for you. Here it is. Use it. The rest is for me. The rest is for my family, my job, all these other things. What if God is the center completely of our hearts, and then we trust him to put all those other things in place according to his plans? Powerful. Because I can't do it. I can't give up all on my own. Why would I do that? Because there's one little small thing. When God was challenging us in our hearts to give up all those things, he did leave one little detail out. Why? Some of you are like, well, why? Are they, why Did God tell you to go into the mission field? No, he didn't even tell us that. 
I had no thought of that. I even sat in the back of the church one time when I led worship in, in a big church, and there was a missionary speaking, and I sat there and I said, I am so glad I'm not called to be a missionary. So be careful. He is listening. Okay? God's like, <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to do with your life. So today, if you're thinking that, ha, ah, God, God knows your thoughts too, the Bible says. But when we were willing, we were like, God, this isn't easy, but you are faithful. We know you're doing something. Help it all to sell really quick. So we put everything we own, picture it. You go home because God has told you, and you put everything you own in front of your house. Now, what do you think the neighbors are going to do and your family? Uh, are you having a garage sale? Yeah. How come there's so much out there? Uh, well, we're, we're selling everything. Ah, are you moving? Yeah. Where are you going? I don't know. Why are you selling everything? Because uh, God told us to. What do you think people thought? <laughs> right? Our neighbors started calling everybody and being like, get over here. Our neighbors have gone <laughs> crazy. But do you know what? God is faithful. Everything we put in front of our house sold in three hours. That is insane. That is the garage sale of a lifetime, right? Estate sale like never, ever seen. That should have been on TV. The most incredible estate sale ever. Why? Because God did the advertising. I don't know. But we put everything out there, and I am not kidding. It was gone in three hours. When I was watching the last stuff go, I was like, I mean, I was stressed out. My wife couldn't even, she's just like, I got to watch the kids. And I mean, it was like a crowd of people came. We did not sell things for, for super dirt cheap either. We sold things at a fair cost. You know why? Because we were like most Americans. We had debt. But we were like, okay, God's calling us. We're going to do this. Don't know what's going to happen with the debt and everything. Do you know what? When we sold everything, it paid everything off. We had nothing left. And do you know what? When the last stuff went down the driveway, it was like this weight lifted off. And it felt amazing. You guys are like, he is mad. We'll get him off that stage. <laughs> because for the first time in our lives, there was nothing to hold us back. We went in the house and slept on the floor. We were like, God, whatever you are doing, we are willing to do it. We could really literally do anything. What do you want us to do, God? And so as, as we're praying and seeking him, one of our children came and said, uh, I'm reading a book about missionaries. We're becoming a missionary. They, they sell things, and then they go everything, and they go into the mission field. And I'm like, a missionary? Are we becoming a missionary? My wife and I looked at each other. We're like, wow, something about that kind of feels right. Maybe God is calling us into the mission field. So isn't that kind of backwards? God can do things the way he wants to do them. But what does it require? It requires an open heart. Some of you are like, right now, that's it. I'm closing mine. <laughs> I, if that's what it means to trust God, God, my heart is closed. I'm not... I'm not opening my heart. No, let me tell you something. There is more security when we put our confidence and our trust in God 
than anything we can ever trust in that we can see, including family, jobs, possessions, anything. He is the one who knows what is best for our lives, and he is the one that can do far more than we can imagine if we're willing to trust him. Let me tell you, following God, you will not have a boring life. Stephanie, is life boring when you're following God? <laughs> it's an adventure every day, okay? Even the boring days. He'll send someone to your door that you'll be like, who is this and why? And then you'll see what God's got. Or you go to the store. You know what it is? It's not about trying to be somebody or trying to fit somewhere. It's just trying to be real in your relationship with God. Because he is real. Everybody pinch yourselves. You're real. You feel that. God is as real as you, and he wants to use your life. If your relationship with him is not real, then quit pretending and get to know who he really is. Because he's calling you, many of you out. There are many people sitting in church today that are like, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. And all they did was pray a prayer, and they don't know who God is and whether or not he called them. Don't be like in Athens where, where Paul said, I'm going to tell you about the God, the unknown God that you're serving. Because they, ha they had a statue that said to the unknown God. I want to serve the God that I know because he knows each and every one of you. And he knows me. That is why I want to serve him. Because he isn't a God that heaps things on me and says, carry this. Do this. And then you can be my servant and follow me. If you do these things, these steps. No. He did it all for us. And then said, now that I've lifted all that off of you, come and follow me. I will be the one to carry you. That is the God that we serve. So when we gave up all and God got our attention on Costa Rica, through some circumstances, we're like, all glory to you, God, because this doesn't make sense. Our families don't even get it because it doesn't make sense to give up all and not know where you're going because God is not a God of chaos. God is a God of order, right? But he was doing everything in order because when God calls you, he will prepare the way. He will establish all for his glory because it's for his glory. It isn't that we are anything special. I honestly don't like to talk too much about what God did in us because it's not a story to impress you. It's a story of, I, 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 when I'm sharing this, go, did God really do that? That was our lives? Because it's only through him. And it's only through him that every one of you are going to have a chance to say, God, no more of just going through the motions. Today, I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. Tomorrow, I'm going to continue. And day after day, you are going to be the center of all. Speak to me in your word. Use me where you have me because we are all called out. But when we are called out, we are called out for purpose, not just to walk, at, walk and, and go in, direct, in, in unknown directions in circles. That is not what we're called for. Where are you going? I, I don't know. Oh, that's one of those followers of Christ. Sometimes that's what we do in the church. We, we don't even know how to share our faith 
But it's super simple. Our, our, our faith in God is personal. Nobody can argue with that. God didn't change your life. Well, if I'm telling you he did, you have to believe me because my life has changed. Don't be afraid to say I'm not perfect. God is working in me because he is. And he works in every person individually, personally, where you are. Isn't that incredible? So I can't tell you, you need to be in one place or another place or farther because God's like, you are where you are, and I'm willing to take you farther. Will you walk with me? Don't we all want to be led or do you want to wander aimlessly? None of us want to do that. Really, deep down, you don't because it's without purpose. God gives us purpose through him alone. That is his plan for our lives. So when he called us out to go to Costa Rica, we were like, we're willing. And then we, God gave us the date of November 7th as, as we prayed and sought him. How are we going to make this work, God? And when he closed the door for us to go through an organization that got us focused on Costa Rica, we were like, okay, we're not going. And then this heavy weight came on us, and we're like, what is wrong? God, we've given up too much to just say no are we supposed to go to Costa Rica? So we prayed and fasted for two weeks. And God, after those two weeks of praying and fasting, said, nothing. You ever been there? You're just like, God, just say something. He said, nothing. But do you know what? The Bible says that if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So I was like, God, I'm going to continue to pray and fast until you tell me. We've given up all. I don't want to go some way that I want to go and choose mm, Africa. <laughs> That's not what I want to do. I've given up too much. I'll, I'll mess it all up. So I prayed and continued to fast. And you know what God did? That same day that I was supposed to go, we were supposed to go to dinner at somebody's house and I was going to have to stop fasting, God spoke to me. I was in the kitchen and he spoke to me. And he said, now that you don't have a missions organization, will you trust me? I said to my wife, did you hear that? She's like, hear what? I'm like, God just spoke to me. I mean, he spoke to me in an audible voice. I heard him loud and clear. And I was so excited that I was like, God, what is it? What do we do? Do we, uh, I knew right away we were supposed to go because I was like, I could feel it when I was thinking about Costa Rica. I was like, God, do we send out support letters and try to raise money and all this stuff? And he just said, no, go. <laughs> go? <laughs> just go. Yes, because he is the one preparing the way, and he's the one who had been working in our hearts, and I knew in, his, in the Holy Spirit inside me that I had no fear in that because it was him calling us, not me making this decision. It was him. So we're like, okay, we're going. We're going to Costa Rica. We're going to trust you. So with only our clothing and $200 promised to us, we left for Costa Rica. We sold our car, bought the tickets, and went on November 7th. But what I forgot to tell you is before we were leaving, my wife found out she was pregnant. Number six. But do you know what? God goes before us because when we hit the ground and we had the baby in a country that we had never been to, we didn't speak the language, and we didn't know anybody there with $200 in our clothing, and we had that baby there, 
we found out through what God was doing that having a baby there would get us residency so that we could live there and not have to travel over borders to renew visas. And do you know what? It's been, we're coming up, this November is going to be 11 years, and we're still alive. Because it is he who is faithful. I'm telling you today, I'm sorry. We can't go back to Costa Rica without, without giving you guys an opportunity to recognize that God is calling you. He is calling you. It's your choice. Some of you, some of you, God is just calling you to start a relationship with him that's real. To say, I'm going to walk with him every day. Others, he's calling you to make the next step. Some of you, he's just calling you to say, I open my hands to whatever you have for my life, God. I'm available. Because what I want to tell you is, all of the security you think that you have and, and that keep you away from being afraid of the unknown is not security. Security came when we stepped out and we said, God, we're going to go where you're asking us to go. Because you see, we were focused on going in one direction. God, this is good. This is the way. I'm following you. And God nudged us to go in another way. God, really? You want to change the path? Many of you are going in one direction. You're like, really, would God change my life to go in another direction? He does. Because we have to trust him that way. We're to walk by faith, not by sight, the Bible says. We're called to follow him by faith. But we're also called to walk by faith. And it's difficult to walk by faith when our trust is in only what we see. What we don't see is eternal. And what we don't see is secure because it's not being taken away. We can lose all and still have Christ. He is everything. So when God said, go this direction, and we're like, okay, What's that going to look like, God? Uh, okay, I'm willing to trust you. Uh, <laughs> God, there's a problem there. Um, you said to go this way, but there's nothing there. But I, I see this path. I'm following you. And, it, and it's, look at, I'm, I'm doing all this for you in the church. You really want us to go that way. Okay. Oh, Lord, I'll trust you in this. Uh, Oh, you sure there's nothing there? Oh, ground. Look at that, God. How'd you do that? Uh, oh, keep going. Okay. Oh, can you do that again? Uh, one more, one more time. Just one more. And each time you step. The ground appears. And each time we take another step in faith, we are strengthened because of the Holy Spirit in us to say, I'm out of control. It's God who is in control. He is the one that establishes our steps, the Bible says. Man plans our way, the Bible says, but it's God who establishes our steps. It's okay to plan your way. It's okay to own a home. God does not ask everybody to give up everything. But what he does ask us to do is to surrender all. It's, 
the process of what God is doing in every one of us. It all starts in a different place for every person. It is he who calls us. And he is calling every person in this place. There's not one person that God is not calling. He's calling all of us to a life in him, but it's, it's whether we are willing to say yes. Are we willing? Let's turn our, our Bibles to 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Look at this scripture. This is awesome. So he has saved us. We want to be saved, don't we? And called us to a holy life. How can we live a holy life? None of us can. Anybody perfect in this place today? No, it's because of the Holy Spirit working in us. Because of him. We are justified in Christ alone, made right in him. So that means there's no excuse. We're without excuse because it's him working in us. Not because of anything we have done. God didn't go, oh, great job. You're the perfect person for me to use your life because you have all these gifts and talents. As a matter of fact, God many times uses those that every person looks at and goes, that person can't do anything. Are there people here today that feel like that? Yes, of course. I was there. I've been there. Why couldn't I just be the best at something? How about you be the best at whatever God created you to be? Because God is calling each person for his purpose. If you're focused on comparing yourself in life, you're going to continue to fail. In all, you're going to feel like you're falling short. Because our righteousness and our purpose is only in God. It says right here it's for his purpose because of his grace. It's, it's grace in him alone that he called us by his mercy. There's not one person, I guarantee, that's sitting here today that was like, I was such a good person, even growing up and, and even now, that that is why God called me. It's because we recognize our desperation and need of a Savior because we are all sinners, it says in Romans 6, 23. 3.23. 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we deserve death. So we look at this scripture and we go, it's because of his grace and that it was from the beginning. So God has a plan in every one of your lives. So there's three parts to this. When God calls us out, the first thing is we have to recognize we got to be obedient. So today, you're either saying, God, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to follow you. I've come to church and everything, and I've maybe prayed a prayer, or I've heard of all these things. But today, I want to start a relationship with you. I recognize I'm on a, a path that is a road to, to death apart from you. Because you're a holy God, and I have sinned. I have failed in my life, and I need a Savior. Guess what? God sent Jesus. Jesus to die as our Savior, to take our place. Or there's some of you here today that are like, you know what? I've been living for God. I've had a relationship with him, but I'm just going through life. You know what? 
You're going through life, but God wants to use your life right where you are. And there's others that he's calling to take that next step to go farther. Are you willing? He's going to take every person where you're at. Are we willing? We have to be obedient. It takes obedience. We must consider when we're going to follow Christ that there is a cost. There is a cost. It does not cost us anything to be saved because he paid the price. He took the punishment upon himself. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves, so don't get that mixed up. But the cost is we have to be willing to say my life is for Christ. We have to say I, I'm willing to be a sacrifice for Christ. I, I'm willing to give everything for him. Now, this is understood very clearly on the other side of the world where, where you're persecuted or killed if you say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. They know when they say, I'm a follower of Christ, they're signing up to be killed. And only will they stay alive as the Lord covers them and protects them and leads them every day. But they are willing. Are we willing to give our lives for Christ? That is what it means in the word of God to follow Christ. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 25. It says, so this is Jesus speaking. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's not about you. It's not about me. We have to deny ourselves, deny everything that we feel and want. Knowing that God's got better. Deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. What's a cross? It's a sign of death. So we're, we're saying, Jesus, I'm willing to die for you because you gave your life for me. I'm willing to say my life that I live now is a new creation and it is completely for you. For him alone. Verse 25, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If we try to hold on to everything in our life, we're going to lose our life. Why? Because we're going to find that we're loving, in love with the things of this world. We're in love with everything else that's temporal, temporary. It's going to be gone. We need to hold on to what is eternal, our Lord and our Savior. That is why I'm standing here, not because I'm perfect. Our family is far from perfect. We just want to follow God, and it's only by his strength that we can do it. He may not be calling every person to go to another country, but he's calling those who are willing to come out and say, I'm willing to live for him wherever he leads me. Let's look at the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 26. It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So this doesn't mean God wants you to literally hate everybody around you and your family. It means that you have to count them a second behind Jesus. Because he wants us to put him over all. Are you willing to say, at whatever cost, I'm willing to sacrifice my relationships, my family, my friends, everybody around me to follow Christ? Because the Bible says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. Romans 1.16. Come on. 
we got to follow Christ and not be ashamed of him. In this day and age, we can't, we can't just walk around just talking about love and all these other things. we got to talk about the truth. The truth is being pushed back. we got to talk about what is real. And what is real is we are all people separated from God, and we need God more than ever, especially today. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, do all to the glory of God. Whether, whatever we're doing, we're to do everything for the glory of God. So that means everything that we are doing every day, there's not a time where we're separated. Okay, now we're on vacation. It's not time for God. It's time for me. No, it's time for you and God, for you to refresh, rest, and be with your family, but to glorify God and all that he's doing and be available. Maybe that person next door to you in your camp spot needs Jesus. Be open to whatever God's leading you in. There is no, I, I mean, there is no time apart from God. He does not step away from you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So in that one thing of being number one, being obedient when he calls you out, what's that lead to? What everybody's looking for. You will be fulfilled and satisfied in him alone. What is your purpose in life? Jesus Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says, and all else will be added to you. You'll have what you need, and you will see God do what he's going to do in your life. And you'll, you'll understand because you're living for the kingdom of God, for what is next, for what is ahead. So that leads to the second one is us being fulfilled and satisfied in him alone. Anybody want to be fulfilled in their life, follow Christ. Obey him. You will be fulfilled. Not just attending church. That's how, that's how we grow. That's how we encourage each other. That's how we experience what God has for us as, as the body of Christ. But oh, be obedient to God. And then number two, you will be satisfied and fulfilled in all that you do because he will bless you. We have never been as a family more blessed in our entire life. And all we've done is follow Christ. He has never left us and has never failed us. He will do the same for you. It says in Psalms 37, 3 through 5, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Delight ourselves in the Lord. If we find that daily, oh, God, thank you for another day. I give thanks in, in everything that you are doing in my life because this is your will for me in Christ Jesus. Use me. There are days where you wake up and you don't feel like talking to God. But you know what? He, he's still there. And he is reaching out to you. Let him continue to reach into your heart. We're only human. We fail. Don't put a weight on yourself. Know that God has already lifted that, and he wants to lift you every day and carry you. In Psalm 16, 11, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So God makes known to us the path that is led be that's right out, established 
in front of us. And he prepares the way. Come on, we need to be satisfied in him alone. There is no other way. The third thing, when we are called out, if we're number one obedient, and then we're satisfied and fulfilled because of our obedience, because of what he's doing, not because of ourselves, we're like, God, thank you. Why am I refreshed every day? It's because of him alone. And the days that you aren't, it's because he's waiting to satisfy you and fill you. And sometimes we have to wake up and go, oh, you've been here all along. The third one is we will then be effective for Christ. Our lives will be used because it's him, him alone. How? By his word, by his word in our lives. His word is power. Let's read in Psalms 119. That's an incredible chapter. Psalms 119, let's just read verses 9 through 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to the word. Right here's our guide. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Praise be to the Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes. As one receives in great riches, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Because his ways are higher than our ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. Because his word is power. If you want to see God move every day in your life, continue to seek him. In Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The, the path in front of us sometimes seems very dark. And we don't know what's ahead. But it says right here that his word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. So that means we can see what's ahead of us. Right in front of us. Because he is the one that goes before us. In Acts 1.8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are his witnesses. But I don't know how to share with people. If your relationship with God is real and you're saying yes to God, you'll be able to share. Because you can testify of his goodness in your own life. Let it start today. When we put our trust in God and we follow him every day, it just keeps getting better. It really does. Because he knows the plans that he has for us. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we are sent out as ambassadors for Christ to tell others, come on, there's hope. We, we can be satisfied in God apart from anything else. When you have nothing, you have everything because you have Christ. Why do you think we've stayed alive for that long going through all of Central America and the crazy things that we have experienced? Because God goes before us. It is he who establishes our steps. And today, 
He wants to establish your steps. Every person he is calling out, wherever you are. So you remember the disciples who followed Christ, right? He had the 12 disciples that followed him. What a pleasure it would have been to walk and see those miracles. To see Jesus open the eyes of the blind, raise people from the dead. Wouldn't that be incredible to see? That same power in the Holy Spirit is within all of us. He exists and he's real and he has a plan for every person's life here today. As he called the disciples, who did he call them? the most educated and the greatest people that, that would be called out? Is that true? No. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees, those who were the church leaders, looked at his disciples and were like, these are uneducated men. How are they speaking So in, in such a way that sounds like they're educated? He calls every person for his purpose, that he be glorified. Today, he wants to be glorified in your life, no matter where you are. Jesus went, and he went to the fishermen, and he went to the boat on the edge of the sea, and he said, come and follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. Today, it's the same. Jesus is here in this place. He is real. His presence is in this place, and he is right here. And he's saying, come and follow me. Where are you at right now personally in your life? I'm always reevaluating God. What's next? Because I, I don't ever want to go in another direction. It's easy. Way too easy. We're lazy people. Or we're disciplined people, and that's got to be this way, this way, this way, this way. Today, if God is calling you, now don't stand Unless you are answering the call. First, he may be calling the person who says, I don't really know if I have a true relationship with God and I want his Holy Spirit in me. I want to belong to him with all my heart. Today, this is the first time that I want to really know that I have a relationship with God with all my heart. And it's because we believe. It's by grace, through faith, that we're saved in him alone. And we recognize we need forgiveness. And we want to call upon his name. If that's you today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to answer when he says, come to me. Follow me. But now everyone else in this place, doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with him. You can be involved in ministry. You could have a relationship for many, many years. And everything's going well. And you, you know you're following God. Any of those places. But today... As Jesus comes, he says, come and follow me. As a declaration that you are saying, I want to follow Christ with everything that I am. And I want it to be the same when I walk through Kashmir, Wenatchee, or wherever I go. That I'm available for God to share of his goodness and his love because of what he's done for me. Maybe he's calling some of you out to take the next step to say, God, whatever it is you're doing, I know there's security in you alone. I'm willing to do. If that is you here today, you want to receive him for the first time, or you know that he's calling you to follow him as a disciple, or he's already called you as a disciple, this is a 
as, as if you're saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet right now. Praise God. Today, God is interested in the heart. He isn't a God of fear, so you don't have to worry if you're kind of like, I'm just not sure about this. And if you stood up because everybody else did, God is looking at your heart anyway. But what he's interested in is the openness of saying, God, here I am. I don't know what I have to offer. Use me. Let's pray right now. God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit working in this place, God. That those who want to meet you for the first time in their life, God, that they will not focus on a prayer or anything else, but they will focus on the fact that we are redeemed and made right through the blood of the Lamb because you died on the cross. You took the punishment that we deserve because we admit that we're sinners and that apart from you, we can do nothing. And because of being a sinner, we, re we deserve death. But God, we have life in you alone. So right now, we believe and we call upon your name that we will have life in you because of what you did on the cross and that you rose from the dead, the same Holy Spirit, to come and fill us right now in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit touch those people right now that are calling upon you for the first time, that they will know that they are your child. Thank you, God. And I pray for every person that has stood here saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, that we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For through your gospel, it is the power of salvation for any person who believes. Let us be your ambassadors. Let us go forth as your servants, God, to be used by you through your power working in us. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So we ask you to do a work in our lives. Thank you, God. Go before every person in this place. Let this be a blessed week as you stir in every heart what you are starting right now and what you have already began, God, that every one of us will be willing to follow you. In the name of Jesus, we declare these things in Jesus' name.